Welcome to another episode of A-Game Talks. I am your host, Ahira Foster. I have with me my co-host, Adi. Today, in the A-Game studio, we have a very special guest with us. He's a basketball trainer, educator, a professional hustler, Jay Lutus, sir, Jess. Absolutely. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for welcoming me in on this whole situation. Welcome in. You know, I know that professional hustler probably scared a few people, but, uh, (laughs) you know, 2020, you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to have a second job, possibly, maybe a third job. So uh, you guys get ready, man. It's going to be rock and roll. No, I respect that. You know, as a you know, professional hustler in that in that context, right? Now, what are the different areas that you had to, you know, you know first build into that and to be a hustler? Like, where does that mindset come from? The mindset comes from, uh, first of all, getting off the hamster wheel. You know, I had to put myself in a financial position where if this job wasn't really what I wanted or if it was going to uh, not provide me for what I need. So therefore, I'm going to have to have another job in order to, you know, really substantiate my goal. So getting off that hamster wheel, I realized I'm going to have to hustle. I can't just sit here and have one job, you know, and get this monolithic kind of uh, work ethic. So therefore, I found myself refereeing, uh, refereeing softball, Baseball, basketball, volleyball, found myself uh, as an educator, teaching all different subjects, Um, found myself training basketball players. Always a continuous hustle. And uh, one hustle always leads to another hustle. Uh, So you guys being young, you're going to find that out, that when you work hard with one hustle, it's going to lead you to another one. It's inevitable. You just can, I think, it's, it's just about the gods. The gods just will pay you off when you hustle. Man, that's real right there. OG dropping knowledge already, man. I appreciate that. Mind to call the OG? Oh, <laughs> don't mind at all. It's, it's, like a, it's like me being young. It's like a bum. Yeah. I have to be able to pay the respect. Call you right. OG. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But from, coming from that, right, um, as a basketball trainer, when did you first fall, fall in love with the game of basketball, right? Fell in love with the game of basketball um, basically in the elementary world because obviously, you know, I was born in the deep uh, um, poverty area, you know, uh, poverty restricted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, so therefore that was the obviously the uh, only economic game we can play right. by ourselves. And so um, it also was a depression killer too because you can play it by yourself and you can get if you're mad uh at your mom or anything you can take that basketball and football you gotta throw the ball you know somebody's gotta throw it to you you know you just can't play it by yourself but basketball believe it or not is a true psychological game for kids who are trying to grow up in a tight situation so i fell in love with it um in the elementary school and uh it went from there Dang, Touching upon basketball, like if you were to describe, what was Jesse like as a kid? Were you uh, like the, the up to no good goofball, or kind of you were like the shy, quiet kid and just relied on basketball? Kind of like what did that look like? Um, I was the um, 
I was a kid with audacity. You know, I just didn't go for um, the no. So uh, I didn't go for being in my place. And uh, I've noticed all the other kids, they usually were in their place when it came to uh, not questioning authority. But I definitely questioned authority if it didn't make no sense. So obviously I had to take my lumps at that, you know, and uh, lost a lot of money. Uh, question of authority, but uh, authority. But um, that's what kind of kid I was. Uh, always playful, though. I, I always wanted to play ball. Uh, competitive. Wasn't so much competitive at the time um, that uh, evolved. But basically, um, I was a kid who had audacity. Yeah, a kid that had audacity. That's I like that man. I really do. And then you know, stemming into basketball, how did you know this was an area that you wanted to go to school for? Like when you first got, when did you get first recruited for basketball? Oh, well, you know, I mean, when you're broke, <laughs> you, you don't have to be the options, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're coming out of that ghetto, bro, you, you know, um, yeah, it, it, speaking about my childhood, which is a great situation, it was a great childhood, um, I went from a really tough area in Vallejo, California, Floyd Terrace. Uh, I went from a tough area, and um, I remember. Uh, there was only two or three families that was left in that Floyd Terrace area because they had something called urban development that was moving everyone out of that area. Uh, I think in Vallejo they found out, hey, this area is pretty, a pretty nice area, so let's get these people out of here. Right. So they got everybody out and moved out, but we're the last family, two or three families, left in that area because we had a pretty tough family. You know, not too many people were taking us in. Not too many neighborhoods were taking us in. Right. So everybody else had moved out. So I, I remember them tearing down the entire neighborhood, you know, right around us. They didn't care if we were living there or not. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, it comes to a fact that, you know, in basketball, you didn't have no opportunities per se. You just... You know, you had to go out and do it. And when I got to high school, that's when things started to evolve. Um, that's when things started to uh, come into light. Only thing I wanted to do was make varsity so I can get a pair of brand new shoes because that's what they gave you when you made varsity. That was the biggest thing I can ever remember. The uniforms were nice, but I wanted those shoes because I... I went into the bins, the, the shoe bins in gym. Remember those shoe bins in gym? <laughs> you know, I went into those bins to get those shoes out. And I would wear a different color, I mean, not uh, different size shoes if they sort of match pretty closely. One may have a blue stripe, one may have a red stripe or something like that. Until I was teased one day uh, in middle school when somebody ousted me and said, hey, bro, you got my shoes on. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was vicious, totally, totally vicious. Because uh, uh, very, very hurting. Because I was, I was caught. You know, I was caught being poor. <laughs> and to this day, you will never find me training with the same color shoes on. Very rare would you find me training with the same color shoes on. I've always wore different color shoes. Yeah. And the different color shoes, again, on the hustle, it all evolves with one time I was wearing different color shoes and I noticed that my my physical learners who learn in a physicality way, 
they learn by looking at the shoes and I can tell them the moves, but my intellectual learners, I can just literally tell them the move and they can do it. So there was two different learning scales when I'm teaching, especially boys. And I found out that my mix and match shoes, uh, if you want to say that, my different uh, color shoes, my different, the same, same, same uh, makers, but in the same style, but it's just different colors. Uh, I found out that that was one of the best teaching uh, tools that I can ever uh, have happened to me, and it happens this way. Man. So, no, okay, <laughs> let me let me pinpoint that. So, you felt okay. So, training for basketball, right? That you know, it was better that you know they were able to see the way the foot movement, your footwork, the foot movement was because you know they saw the different color shoes, right. where the way it was supposed to be angled. Right. This was physical errors. Yeah. How did, that's next level. That's next level. Right? Yeah, that's, there you that's go. There you go. That's what teachers should be trying to teach, especially when they're teaching kids from a, you know, a restricted area of finance. You know, you know, when I'm teaching kids in the classroom, you know, that kid is me. I, I know how he learns. You know, I, um, I, there's there's one kid <laughs> was ex, ex, exactly like me who learned math. When I was learning my math and division, I didn't know what to do with a larger number divided into a smaller number. Mm-hmm. Usually, if the nine, if the if the nine will not go into the six, you move it over, and you know you put a zero up there. You you know you move it over and you combine numbers yeah. in that hold, and and then you divide the nine into those two numbers. But to me, I couldn't I couldn't understand what was going on, and the light came on when I was in, believe it or not, the light came on when I was in the eighth grade. I learned this remedial math problem of how to divide a larger number and a small number. And I had a kid, when I was teaching elementary school, I had this kid had the same problem for two or three years. And I said, hey, don't think of it as trying to put a zero up there because that didn't make logic. Mm-hmm. Think of it as you have a large number that cannot go into the small number so you have to tell the bank that you can't do it. So put a zero up there. Right. Put a zero up there. Tell the bank. And once you put it in some these different terminologies that the kid can understand, mm-hmm. then you start learning. When I tell a kid, follow the black shoe, man, they just get it automatically so quick. So quick, you know. And uh, And the game continues. Honestly, that makes me think, like, I do Muay Thai, right? Right. So that makes me think, like, okay, in terms of, like, being able to teach people, you know, right. how, you know certain movements, in terms of, like, where the, where, you know, trying to do your hook, right. your jab, right. like, follow this glove, right. this glove is supposed to go this way. There you go. And then now it makes me want to do different colors. There you go. Not just because they're nice. <laughs> right, but still. But, but, but still, but still, it's real. Yeah, you know. No, like, you don't get that confusing standpoint. Right. Or even having different uh, right. focus minutes, or, like, this right. is where they correlate. And right. So, yeah, you said the correct word, focus. Yeah, that's, that's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. And then as an educator, right, when did mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, this is something I want to do as an educator and, you know, training and help, essentially helping the youth and helping people get to where they oh, be? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, there's two reasons why I got into education. Number one, uh, I got into a little trouble, and I told God, if you get me out of this trouble, I'll pay Martin, I'll pay Malcolm, I'll pay him back. I'll pay him back. And so... Um, that's how I think, because I, I was a really, um, militant for justice, 
uh, at the time I was in college and and I got into a little little trouble that I'm not going to get in, into but um, but I, I I told that I will pay pa- I will pay back all my leaders if you get me out of this little trouble number one and number two I found out that teachers got the entire summer off right. and some weeks off in the middle of the school year and they got all the holidays off that was totally in step with my hustle because my hustle was training, teach, training, referee, and all that stuff in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm making big paper, while also while I'm also making my school paycheck in the summer as well. So I'm doubling up, Nipsey, Nipsey, <laughs> Nipsey hustle. I'm doubling up. So therefore, so so that's what I got. That's why I got into education. It wasn't a epiphany of. Let me get into education because I want to teach all the kids to all the world. Right. Nah, nah, nah. I was just paying Martin and Malcolm back because right. they took a bullet. Yeah, you know, so since they took a bullet, ah, oh, my God, at least I can take this. Yeah, and I think as a young black male to really look at that, right, you know, they took a bullet, if we gotta, we gotta Man. show them. Like, Man. They've done so much, like, <laughs> they've done so much to sacrifice for us. So much. We, we need to be So much, man. Place. At least we, we can pay them. Education-wise, right. Everything, everything, the way, you know, in terms of fighting. Right. You know, that's like, I have this poster right in my room, right? Right. It has my black leaders, Barack Obama, right. Mandela, right. Um, Malcolm, right. and Martin, right. right above me. When you wake up, it's not about me. Yeah, man. It's not about me. That's a, that's a heavy Rushmore right there. Yeah. Heavy Rushmore. Man, <clears throat> that's, I, that's, that's crazy how that, so that's your aspect of from being an educator is hustling and then right. paying it forward for right. you know, what you know, black leaders did right. in the past. And then I, you know, I got into it. Once I got into it, I realized that I was absolutely at the uh, at the war front. Right. You know, I, mean, I was at the war front. Yeah. This is it. This is the real war right here. That's, that's you a, know what we call it. That's the front line. That's the front line right that's there. Front lines. You know, shout it's war. Out, shout out to the front line mob, Joe Fo too. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Talking about hustle though, like where does that like initial like drive for hustling come from? Was that just kind of your upbringing, like not wanting to ever be remotely close to kind of those circumstances? Yeah. Or was it your family? Your yeah. Mom? Like kind of what? Like what instills that driving to this day still? Well, you know, uh, you know that hustle is, you know, um, what instilled that is first of all poverty. Poverty is the first hustle. Uh, is the first if you if if poverty is a pain that starts your hustle. You know, you you can't get people off or you can't turn people away. Or you can't turn people as far as their ideology until they feel the pain, you know. Uh, and for me, it's a pain to see that I was broke. It's a pain to see everybody else is making it. It was a pain for me. You know, once it becomes a pain, then you're not happy because you're broke. I know a lot of people are happy because they're broke. I know a lot of people are happy because they're living around painful situations, mm-hmm. but not me. Not me, man. Again, audacity. You know, the, the audacity to change. So being in pain started my hustle. There's no way. You know, NBA, man, never going back again. Never going back again. Yeah, yeah. never, never. I feel like there's nothing more dangerous than a man who's in, uh, who's tired of his own, not his own shit, but right. tired of being broke. Right. No more, no, nothing yeah. more dangerous than that. No, nothing more dangerous. True. Poverty is dangerous, man. I've been working on poverty now for 15 years now. The 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 effect of poverty, man. 
like when I'm teaching my kids, you know, and I'm going to tell you honest truth about education, man. I don't think there's a lot of educational systems that want to teach our kids the game. Right. I agree with that. I, I'm sorry to say. I know. I've been in the game. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in the game, I know where the war front's at. I know where the big missiles are at. And I'm telling you, man, there's, there's some nuclear bombs out there. And, and if, if parents, I don't care if you have a single mom, her job is to move to the educational era, area. And she will make that money because money will rise to his level. It really will. You, you, you move from this spot to another spot. You know, and you're a single mom and you're in that apartment and your baby's going to a great school and somebody knocks on your door and say, hey, uh, do you, uh, I saw you sew his deal. Do you do, do any more sewing? Yeah, I do a little bit of sewing. Yeah, you hustle. That's what happens when you move to a different area. There's another gap it will rise to its level. You just got to be brave enough to say, hey, look, this apartment. When I moved from Oakland, my apartment was, uh, what was it, 14? And when I moved to San, when I moved to San Ramon, Dublin, they didn't want to let me in. I went to nine different apartment complexes. I got paper. I got paper in the bank. I'm an educator for years. Yeah. I got everything. I am a citizen of the United States. Yeah. Right? I'm walking in there like a citizen. And they're looking at me like, uh, you can, uh, we don't have no apartments, partner. And the only one who let me in was a white female that was from Oakland, but she came down to work at that apartment complex. And I said, hey, look, man, this, this is my fifth complex that I went to. Yeah, I was really man. tired. It was 445. They closed at 5. I said, look, man, I'm, I'm looking for an apartment, man. You know, I got everything. I got everything. I don't know what I need. What do I need? And she says, my God, you got this much? You got this money? They didn't give you no, no. I said, no, they didn't give me no, no props. And she said, hey, I got an apartment for you. When do you need to move in? I said, you mean, when can I move in? You know, yeah. you know, you know, she said, well, I can get you in by the weekend. It was a Thursday. I can get you in Saturday if you want to come in. Got me in, got me in Saturday. I went from 1400 I think I she gave me a deal, but I think it was eighteen hundred. I wasn't scared of the game at all. I was I was in pain because I had my car was broken into seven times, and the seventh time a partner knocked on my door. Hey Jess, I got bad news for you, man. I said, "What? What's up?" Say, hey, sir, Jess, man, hey, your car's been broken into again, man. I said, "Man, really?" So I walked outside. I seen a few more people who who I knew in the neighborhood surrounding my car. It was bashed in badly. And I looked at it, and I looked up to the guys and said, thank you very much, man. Thank you. Because this was the pain that finally told me, get off of your ass, bruh. Yeah. Get off of your ass. Get out of here. You're way bigger than that. Yeah. So, and I looked at my partner, who was right next to me. I said, hey, Q, guess what, man? I'm moving to the suburbs, bruh. And I'll be out of here by the weekend. And uh, that's how I went.
Hey, you know what I like about your mentality? It's all about perspective, right? Yeah. Just perspective, but you were like, you didn't take that victim mentality. No. And you're just like, you know what, fuck, fuck this. Man. Right. I'm, I'm getting out of here. Right. And Embrace the negative. Embrace the negative and you right. switch that around, moved. Right. And, you know, just like, you didn't sit on your ass. And I think that's huge motivating factor because people got to realize, like, look, you know, don't play the victim mentality. You right. And you just... Got out of there. Got out of there, man. I, I had, and I had two championship teams with Oakland Tech. Yeah, yeah. I had two D1 state championship teams. I was going. I was hot. Yeah. I took those two state championships. I trained those two two years. We, well, we, we won Northern Bay three years in a row. Right. And that was our first three years that the coach and I, that's our first three years together at that school, period. And we won three Northern Bays and two state championships back-to-back. -back. McDonald All-Americans, the whole works. Right, right, right. That's in three years, three, three. So I was hot. We were hot. I was hot. Yeah. I told him, no, no, no. I'm going to another game now. Because why? All the haters started coming toward us, toward the school now. You know, all the haters trying to get a little bit. But I felt it. So I was moving target. I was moving target. You know, after after the break and all that, right, right, I said, you know, you know, I love my old man, love my old, but I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this bigger. So I went down there. And got bigger, way bigger. Let me just say it on the radio, man. I got way bigger, way bigger. But I just had to be brave enough to move my target. That's, you know? that's imperative. Like, you know, you see people like who have that pain point, but they don't want to change. Right. They incongruent. Right. Why do you think that is? In your perspective, kind of just, you know, I think it's like kids who like want to get better at basketball, but they don't put in the time. Or just like kind of like in your older environment, like kind of just seeing that kind of, why do you think that transpires? Uh, you know, you know, I, I work with kids who, you know, first of all, you you, you got you have those you have those parents you have those parents that they would rather have their kids follow a different deity. You know, maybe it's education, maybe it's them, and they don't want to let go. So they can't teach them basketball, mm -hmm. but they still don't want to let go of the control because. They're lending their control to someone else, and rightfully so. Once you have three or four kids, you'll see parents let their kids go to another. You know, they'll you know they'll let their kids go. They'll trust themselves into uh, uh, having someone teach their kid because they can't teach their kid. You know, um, so with basketball is not only a language. With sport, with private trainers, personal trainers is not only a language. It's a culture that you're crossing. It's an ideology that you're crossing. It's a competition that you're crossing. Some kids don't want to take that pain because it's painful being at the top, man. It's it's a pain, man. It's yeah. If you just you know, like I was telling Audi, you know, making your first hundred thousand. I mean, you ain't nothing unless you make your first hundred G. You're nothing. And you have to put that in your mind. You nothing. So you got to sacrifice everything. Everything. Because you're nothing. Once you make your first 100 G, oh my God. Do you feel different? I, I just wait for young guys and young women just to make their first 100 G. Watch how people treat you. Watch how you feel. Watch the power that you're going to have. Watch the power that you're going to have. And watch how you make different decisions when you when you make your first hundred G. It's just a whole different world. But you gotta get to that world. If you can't get to that world, then you'll still be in pain. 
because you'll still go to Whole Foods and watch how much, how many oranges you put into the basket because you got to watch the pounds, you know. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, that's not what you're like. Like the lady, like the lady, uh, my wife was just telling me she's in real estate, and the lady, she, my wife was about to sell a house to one of her friends, and this lady came in because she was the manager of the unit. Uh, the the condo unit that they were selling, just brand new condos. And the lady just came in and interrupted her and this gentleman who uh, was also assistant manager. And she just interrupts and says, oh, well, uh, uh, the last two houses, they're pretty high priced. They're into the $901 million area and blah, blah, blah. And my wife and her client is sitting across and my wife looks at her. Now, my wife is a very nice person. She's not like me. I'm not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But dig this. And this lady, my wife's client, her husband makes what that lady makes probably, what she makes in a year, her husband probably make that in a month. Oof. And... And, like, it's like this lady has the audacity to come over and interrupt. And and my my wife is saying, you know, what, what kind of, you, you're talking about a million, but you want me to take you to their house? <laughs> you're, talking, you, you, you're talking about this little million you're talking about? Yeah. You, do you want me to take you to my client's house? You know, my wife, my wife I said, you should have told her that. Should have told it. You want me to take you to my class? So when you young people, you gotta understand the interference, man. That's one thing that just interrupted me and just killed me, man. The interferences, man. The interference, man. From drugs, weed. I mean, weed. Outside of food, weed is the most dangerous drug. Because most people think they can handle weed, but you can't handle weed because you can't handle no hundred thousand. You can't handle weed. You can't ha you can't handle weed. That hundred G, you know how hard it is to make a hundred G? Once you make it though, the real game starts. Cause if you make a hundred G, you're gonna wanna you you again, the hustle, the God hustle is gonna make you want a five hundred G. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm going for. I'm, I am not a rich person. I'm, I got to start my whole game over again, and I started it over again, and now, now I'm benefiting again. I'm ben benefiting again, and now I'm on my 500. I got to get into my 500s, and then obviously, I mean, you're, I, you, you, you go 500, but I'm thinking way much more than that. Sure. But still, again, yeah. but still, again, but still, again, watch when you make it. Watch when you make that first hundred. Watch. Watch what happens to your life. Watch what happens to your game. Uh, get in a beaming. Get in a beamer. Hell no. You're gonna be thinking. Hell no. Let me get this Honda. This used Honda for for twenty four that looks nice. Let me tint it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I need something that runs. I need something that goes. Because why? I'm expanding my game. I don't have, I don't need no interference. Why would you buy a car that you know you're going to have interference? See, the interference is, keeps you away from your focus. And your focus is 24-7. You know, 
you should be concentrating on your focus versus your interferences. Yeah, I feel called out. Yeah, Emoji. <laughs> yeah, Emoji. Yeah. Speaking the truth. Oh, man. Um, I had a part that I needed to say, but I, <laughs> it's just like, but you spending, oh, when you're saying about your 100 G, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get a taste of that, mm-hmm. it's almost like you, never, you can't go back to anything less. You will never. NBA, bro. NBA, man. You will never. You will ne- Once you get a taste of it, you'll, you'll hold that 100 G because you're thinking now, okay, let's get into the 200 so we can get this house. Do you know how many people are afraid of, I was afraid of a house coming from poverty. I never thought a house made sense. Mm-hmm. I'm paying this cat this rent, and I'm finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my maintenance is finished. Yeah, like, you're cool. I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. No one taught me that other side of, hey, yo, G, see, the United States appreciate those who buy a house. Because when you buy a house, you don't get out there and act like a fool. They got control on you because you're already on the hamster. And they want you on that hamster hamster wheel. So you go to work every day, stay on that hamster wheel. Because that's what they want you to do. Stay on that hamster. So when you buy a house, you sure as hell gonna stay on that hamster wheel now. Yeah, yeah, right? 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 So so you but you but you're you're not I'm not thinking coming from poverty, I'm not thinking I get to write this off. I'm not thinking about a 1031. You guys are familiar with a 1031, right? That's when that's when people who have money never pay taxes on their property. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a clause called the 1031 in the uh, real estate world. If you own an apartment complex, mm-hmm. and let's say you owned it for four years, yeah. and you got to pay, after four years, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for that apartment complex because there's a, a combined situation. But if you sell that complex and buy another Apartment complex within 180 days, you don't have to pay taxes on it. See what I'm saying? That's not in school. That's not on our. See see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? And I don't know that. I didn't know that other side. So I'm afraid of a house. I I did not understand that poverty, just 30 minutes away from the O to Pleasanton, The learning scale. Mm. The learning scale. I just I just finished reading the newspaper last night as I was taking my power nap. Not last night, but the, in the day. I was taking my power nap. I, was, I woke up reading this newspaper. And I always read what they're doing. <laughs> See, you don't, you don't pick up those newspapers when you're walking around in, in San Ramon or you walking around in Alamo or you walking around in, in Hillsburg or something like that. You don't pick up those newspapers. That's not me. I pick up those newspapers because yeah, sure. that's code. Hmm. Like golf, that's code. You know, if, I, I, if I can tell you anything, play golf. Uh, I picked up golf three years there ago. There you go. We're working on it. Because that's code. Yeah, yeah. That's code. You're picking up codes. And so... You know, I, I'm just tripping on the educational level of what they just. So I picked up the newspaper, and they had this certain program. I can't quite think of it, but I think it was like DACA. It's a development program, and the kids at Foothill, which is a great school, by the way, um, the kids at Foothill went to this this competition. Uh, it was a competition of a lot of kids around the United States, I think it was. And a, a, a few of them came in first and second. It was business development, 
business entrepreneurship. Oh. Deca. This, 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 you know. I was in Deca. There you go, was, Deca. And so here I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. Where's Deca in Oakland? Where, where is, I mean, yeah, you may, yeah, there's a few teachers out there that's going to, oh, we have Deca, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, right. But as long as I was at Oakland Tech, as long as I was at all these other, I didn't see Deca as pronounced when I went to Foothill and saw the signs and all this yeah. and the the pictures and all and I'm just thinking man they got them they have these kids started already and they don't they know that they're getting development sure. but they don't think take it as serious as a guy who's coming out of poverty mm -hmm. learning business learning marketing learning all these other different differentials so I'm just thinking wow man 30 minutes away pop Property is so, so important, man. It's so important. You know, property is so important. So when you're in your, your, your third, I always say you work hella hard. Uh, when you, you, you work hella hard at 40 and you don't have to work hella hard after 40. So it's a 40-40 deal, man. Yeah. Work hella hard, you know, at 40 and you won't have to work hella hard after 40. And, and so... When you develop in your property game and your property hustle, oh my God, it's, you know, by the time you're 32, 33 and you come out with two or three houses, now it's time to pop over there and set up your kids in the right school and set up your kids, boom, boom. And it doesn't have to necessarily be Pleasanton and San Ramon. I know a lot of people from the city say, oh, don't go so hard on Pleasanton and San Ramon and all that stuff. They're just suburb places. Those people are fake and all that kind of stuff, man. Right. And I'm just telling you, hey, yo, man, I'm talking about interference, man. I'm talking about walking down the street, not having an interference, not having a fear of walking down the street. The interference of seeing billboards, you know, that have nothing but AIDS, have nothing but diseases, that have nothing but, you know, uh, donate here, donate there, stuff. I, w I was in San Ramon, and on the front window, they had a black lady that's saying, donate to the Salvation Army. I went in there and said, hey, why does this lady have to be black, bruh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Okay, we, we, we're here in the 20, we're in the 21s, and you, we're in the 21, man, and we still... Look at the signs on those vans. Mm -hmm. Oh, somebody pushing this black lady, pushing this other older senior citizen. You know, I'm just thinking just the subliminal lines, the subliminal lines that you see. That's why I had to get away from the old man because I got so frustrated at them cheating in education. I got so frustrated in seeing glass on the ground and the signs with, with, with spray paint all over. I just could not take the subliminal no more. Yeah. So I had to go. I didn't have the energy to fight no more. So I had to go. And hey, question about when you think about Oakland, right? Yeah. When you think about all, everything that's been happening oh, in beautiful. Oakland. I went down to downtown Oakland the other day. It's the first time I went there in about a year or so. To really go down and check it out. Yeah, and, Telegraph and Broadway. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, it's changing. I mean... I have this infinity love for O, you know. I really have. I have this love for O, man. Uh, I I like the Grand Lake. I like the fight, you know. God, I wish more money would come in. Um, but it's changing, you know. Uh, and the change, you know. I know that they they're saying some things are being gentrified. I know that the young is coming in. I don't mind that, man. You know, I don't mind. I don't mind young coming in. I don't mind, man. Look, change.
Yeah. Change. Move. You know, move your target. <laughs> you know, sure. I, I don't want to see the same target. I don't want to see the same target. You know, so what's happening to the O? I like, you know, there's always going to be some good and bad, but, uh, you know, I think overall the O is going to make it, make it really, I think, I think logistically O is just the greatest place in the world. So, um, you know, I think it's going to work. I think, I think the O is going to make it, man. You know, I like to see the O in 10 years, man. I think it's going to make it, man. I think it's going to make it. We just, we got we to gotta do like Bootsy said, man. We got to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Yeah. As far as us, we got to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at the rap, rap, you know, music and rap songs and the rap videos. And, you know, as an older person looking at it, you know, it, it does hurt me to see partners still take out the guns. I will admit, you know, a lot of people are not brave enough to admit that they see the videos and they see my brothers with uh, guns and, you know, you know, I know the brother's having a hard life, and that's the kind of life they're coming through. I understand that, man. I understand that. But, you know, they got to remember, man, they're role models, though. You're a role model, even if you don't want to be a role model, you know? I mean, I know what Barkley said, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what Barkley said, man, man, but you... Hey, you know what? When you see that when you see that toilet roll of uh, money coming at you, that and that's rolling... If you, you have money rolling in, you're a role model. That's yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to touch upon your earlier point between like you know the suburbs and like Oakland, right? Yeah. Like, well, I think I completely agree with like a lot of the benefits yeah. of the suburbs. You also like to your point, you get like those people who are just complacent, right? Right. Um, who are like kind of so-called soft, right? Say. So it's like kind of like. No, so, I mean, they may not be soft; they're just complacent. Yeah. Complacent, right? So they're yeah. not trying to go get it as much right. anymore. So right. Right. Like, kind of, what's your take on that? Well, my take on that is. Okay, if you're the kind of person you know you don't go get it, then it's not going to totally answer your question, but if you're the kind of person that you know you're not a go-getter, it's just those people are just different from you. You have a different personality. You were hypnotized a different way. Uh, parents, hypnotized. <laughs> so you were hypnotized a different way. So since you're hypnotized a different way, then you go to the races. Here we go again with the hustle. You put your money or you put your time on a horse that you think is going to make it. If you're not a go-getter, put your damn money on a horse who is mm -hmm. and ride that horse. Scotty Pippen, ride that horse. Ride that horse. Right at home. Okay, partner. Okay, you the lead man, but hey, hey, you know, Scotty Pippen's got fifty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Michael, you got it. But you know what? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, 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 ride that horse, and don't be afraid to ride that horse. You see a partner that you're gonna get on that team, because you need a team. You can't win without a team. You need a team, so you get on the team. If you know you're not a go-getter, go get a team. So you're saying, like, uh, kind of clarify with that, right? So you're cool with, you know, sometimes when, if the person's not a go-getter, is not the leader, right? right. So cool, it's cool to be the, the role player that can right. support in that, yeah. in that situation, that circumstance, to be able to, for that common goal. Oh, that's why the Oscars, that's why the Oscars give you a supported role. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's, that's real right there, man. And yeah. I have to ask this question, right? You know, coming from where you come from, right? Essentially, yeah. you know, what is it that brings out your A game? Everything that you've done thus far. Uh, well, you know, besides, you know, not never going back again. Um, my my A game now is is getting back. You know, getting getting back at those who stole. You know, <laughs> stole the history, stole the money, stole the game. So now my A game is about getting back, getting back what was stolen. You know, so uh, I'm trying to get that nose back on that Finks. So they owe they owe us a nose. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. So, and the only way I can get back is making myself better. And not being regretful and not being a hatred kind of person. You know, I'm not that kind of person. You know, I don't care what color you are. I really don't care. I mean, color is so stupid now. God dang, man. Color is hella stupid, man. If, if you're still stuck on racism or if you're still, still stuck on color, if you know someone who's still stuck on color, run. <laughs> you know, do Kanye, man. Have a plan. Run away fast as you can, man. Run, man, because... Because you don't understand how the power wants to go now. See, you guys have never experienced what I've, what I've experienced. I have never in my life witnessed integrated couples on television, on commercials. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that drop. And I'm seeing it drop. That just tells you when they put it on television like that, that's the way they want to go. Yeah, I know they have Trump. Trump is just to balance out Obama with the power so they can keep you going on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. You pay no attention to that. <laughs> you pay no attention to that because that's that's the hamster. Yeah, yeah. Those are guys who are running the hamster wheel. Your game is getting off that hamster wheel, regardless if it's Trump, regardless if it's Obama. Yeah, nothing to do with your hundred thousand, you know. So you get off the hamster wheel. Stop watching all that, you know. Yeah, you peek at it, and you know about it, but you got to understand about that hamster wheel, man. You got to get off of that thing. You got to be independently financially wealthy. So while you working on one job, that that job, like I said, the school gave me a chance to hustle on another job to really enhance. Both of those jobs. Yeah. So therefore, you know, uh, I became a way better referee when I had... To. How many people you hear... This is, this is why I love white people. This is why I love white people, man. How many people you hear... When they, when they go on those shows and they say, Well, I took six months off to write the book. <laughs> now, that doesn't impede the subliminal mind of a hamster. Mm -hmm. especially those who are coming from poverty and those who are coming from working so hard every day because they have never taken that kind of time out. Like they said, we've learned how to work, but we never learned how to take time off. So therefore, when they tell me, when I'm hearing that guy, well, I took a year off of work to write the book. And I'm just saying, that's a person who has 100 G. <laughs> a, B, that's a person who was taught, who was hypnotized to understand you got to get this space to think. You have to have no pressure. How can you have this pressure on you? You got to go to work and then you got to write this book that lends thinking. It's a lot of work, but they're taking time off.
and now they can get into deep thought of what they have to do. Man, don't have anything <laughs> mess up your focus, right? Interruption, 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 interruption. Can you, you know, focus on the game? Hey, and that's some A-game shit right there. <laughs> hey, Jesse, we appreciate you coming in. Thank you Likewise, so much. man. This, dropping gems after gems after gems. <laughs> man, this is what we like, bro. This Likewise. Like. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you very much, too, man. Okay, man. Nothing to it, man. It's good to be young, man. Good to be young. Serious, sir. <laughs> Thank you for another episode of A-game Talks. Man, that was just... That was a lot to really take in. I, I was very edgy. It was real. It was real. It was real talk. Appreciate you, man. And um, tune in for another episode. Thank you.